Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation with Pastor Jay, Pastor Jeff, and Lauren Williams. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Faith Church podcast, episode 20. I'm your host, Jay Williams. With me, as per usual, Jeff Clossy. Hey, Jeff. Hello, everybody. How's it going today? Hey, it is well. How are you? With your soul? Who says that, Jeff? You're so pastoral. Uh, you said that. Well. well, you said it as well. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. But okay. I am well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I, I can't say today's been kind of a hectic day, but uh, by and large, it's been a good day. And uh, it's raining outside, though. That's no fun. It is raining, and I feel like I was just having this conversation with you, like we were just recording Tuesdays. Like, a, yeah. it, the days are going quickly. Yeah, this is, well, yeah, and this is three podcasts in a row now where you and I have been in charge of this and, and having conversations together, and that is more conversation than I had hoped to have with you when we hired you. None taken. None what? Oh. oh. You can read between the lines, Jay. <laughs> I'm so excited for our guest today because no, not, I feel like not, your no, 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 behavior no, no. is going to be so much better today. Yeah, because no, of you, then you don't know. Then you don't know the dynamics of our marriage. Yes. Yeah, so I so I will I will not I will not talk about how you have not ridden your bike in and how you're all Mister Outdoorsy. But then when it rains, all of a sudden you're or the threat of rain. I want to point that out that Jeff is like Mister Bike Man, and but you on. Tuesday, I assumed I rode my bike into work, and I assumed that you would have also. Yes. But you did not. Why no. did you not? Severe thunderstorm potential. Potential. Yes. Were there any thunderstorms on that day? There were not. There, was there any rain at all on that day? There wasn't. It was a beautiful day. It was. So the threat of rain hours away, the threat of a chance of rain hours away keeps you from riding your bike. I don't. That kind of hurts your cred. Well, fast forward to Wednesday, same forecast, and there's still, again, one bike here. But whose bike was here? Well, yeah, but I was, I had oh. to drive from Green Bay. <laughs> well, so a little distance, a Jay, and you just can't ride. Come on. <laughs> That's true, I've, but I've never claimed to be outdoorsy. Nobody has ever <laughs> accused me of that. So, um, Okay, our guest again. Oh, could we... oh our guest. Okay. Thank so, you. For our 20th episode, this is our 20th anniversary. That's a very special Epis moment. Epiversary. It's our 20th anniversary, And for our special 20th anniversary, we have a very special guest. And this guest is my wife, Lauren Williams. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How did I get so lucky to be? To marry me? I don't know. <laughs> that would take an entire podcast or more. But uh, oh, this is, that's not the topic of this podcast at all no no it's not really well i mean it can be uh, okay this is, lauren's so excited right now <laughs> this is like right in real so um so yeah so lauren is going to be joining us jeff i don't know if you want to lead out i feel like you should probably lead out and i can just sit here and gaze at her right that's that's what man. we all know will happen jay you will just be quiet in the background yeah. and i'll just be gabbing away like usual Lauren, it's so awesome to have you here. I'm sorry you had to experience the beginning of this podcast. Oh, uh, it's all right. I'm starting to notice that that's 
that adds the minutes, right? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Are you saying that I'm drawing it out? No, like, I don't I'm know. I'm a filler? Like, no, maybe you just were were nervous about I'm so nervous. You actually always make me nervous. Me in here. You make me nervous. He does seem nervous, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know. My I'm heart's nervous. All flutter. <laughs> I would love to ask Lauren a question. I wish you would. You'd save the <laughs> you'd save the whole audience just this awkwardness with me awkwardly flirting with my wife. Lauren, I was wondering, maybe just to start with, um, I know many people at Faith Church will know you and know you well, but there will be a lot listening that don't know you very well. So could you start just giving us a little bit of your background and how long have you been at Faith Church? Like, I know some people are from Iowa, but thankfully you are not. And so I'd love for other people to know like those kinds of details about you. Sure. Um, I mean... I don't know how far back you want to so go. So where are you this from? Feels like. Um, I would claim I'm from Minnesota. I moved around a lot as a kid because I was a corporate brat and my dad would get transferred. So we lived in a lot of different states, but kind of made a loop and started in Minnesota and then ended there too before I went away to college and began my grown-up life. And where was college? Um, I went to Cornell College, which is in Mount Vernon, Iowa, and its claim to fame is that it's the one, one of the very few one-course-at-a-time schools in the country, and so you actually take one class for three and a half weeks, take a final, have a five-day weekend, and then start a new one, and so the year's basically like a year full of J-terms. So, wow. Yeah, it was interesting. That is super unique. It is. They're very proud of it. It's very intense. It is intense. Yeah, one course at a time. Yep. But yeah. that's a quick time frame, too. Well, it's you end up doing the same. Oh, three and a half weeks for the yeah. semester's course. Yeah. So yeah. Calculus in three and a half weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 As a history major, I was reading um, over 100 pages a day in, you know, very, um, I don't know, serious nonfiction history books. So. And as a classic procrastinator during that same time, I was reading zero pages a day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jay, you're know. doing such a good job at just sitting quietly. I know. I just wanted well, to congratulate uh-huh. you on that. Yeah. Thanks. Back in college, Jay would just wander <laughs> the halls on finals nights or when people were having to write their final paper, and he would just wander the halls and visit with people until they all, one by one, went to bed. And then he would finally start studying or writing papers or doing major senior projects. So, so d- is that where you guys met? Yes. yes. Fun okay. fact, that is actually what led to me asking her out for the first time. That's true. Was me wandering the halls for a finals night. So He wore me bit. down. If I didn't do that, if she wasn't <laughs> so pressured to get back to studying and didn't feel that that pressure, she may not have said yes to me to go to, on a date. But she did, and here we are now, <laughs> 20 years later. Yes. 20, almost 21 years later. Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay, so yes, we met in college. I am the oldest of five kids. I found Jesus, or Jesus found me, really, late high school, early college, when I really started walking with him, and never would have dreamed that I would be in full-time ministry, but here we go. Here we are. So that was late high school, when you when you would have said, you like, across the line of faith, I'm trusting Jesus. Yeah, like that I actually heard like a gospel message and realized that it wasn't about 
praying a prayer before a test or mm-hmm. if I lost something precious. Uh, I think, you know, I was raised with the idea of just, you know, whatever you believe, as long as it's sincere, then it's true. And, and so it was very eye-opening to me to just realize that here there was a God who came and rescued us. And um, so, yeah, I I kind of heard that message and then it was really in college when it really like I actually started learning what it meant to actually walk with Jesus I would say and kind and of little life surrendered yeah that well the college you guys went to wasn't Christian was it oh no no, no. <laughs> so and that would not have been on my radar at the time of choosing a college so I mean I think it's pretty amazing that I don't know I can think of so many times in my life where I just marvel of like, oh, wow, how did, how did God choose me? Um, and yet he, he does it. And he, in the unlikeliest of situations or circumstances, can reveal himself to us. So you, you went off to college and, and he, was, he had plans for you there. You know, like to, to, you, do you find people that helped you then when you got there? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I think, I guess it was interesting. You could count the number of people who would even say they were Christians, probably on just a few hands in, Mm. on the college campus. But I got, uh, connected to, uh, on-campus ministry, which actually Jay was one of the founding members of, and a number of those people would go to church on Sunday morning at a nearby church and I went along and the first Sunday the pastor was preaching a message and I felt like it just struck me it was for me and I wouldn't have normally done this but I went up to him afterward and I said you know that message was for me I think it was it was exactly what I needed to hear and he said well praise God that was the Holy Spirit and that was the first time I'd really even I don't know had that concept of it of just that he would speak to our hearts and reveal things to us and know us so inside and out and so that was I think that was like a real turning point excuse me turning point for me in just thinking like I want more of that and Mm -hmm. and this clearly is something that is is everything so Mm -hmm. yeah and then Jay and I met during that time and we're friends and and then eventually we got married and have moved a few different places and done ministry and lived in an RV and then by happenstance or serendipity came here on our big art one of our big RV trips and felt like oh we have been on the road for a while and we were really hungry for just fellowship with other people and so we thought well we should go to church somewhere and we came here and the people loved us just so well and it was it was just a really um monumental healing like in it we had gone through a real season of loss and hurt and uh this little landing spot here at Faith for that time, that month while we were here visiting was just, um, it really ministered to us and helped us heal in a lot of ways. And so we left here just feeling like there was a piece of our heart here and had no idea that we would actually move here. But shortly after that, um, you know, Pastor Dave was retiring and, uh, 
people, especially Donna and Archer, told us that uh, we sh- Jay should apply. He looks like he wants to jump in and say something. Well, I, I <laughs> just, Jay, I gave you permission to talk. Well, the, <laughs> no, this is all great. I yeah, I just they. Uh, it's interesting because Lauren doesn't usually get to tell this story. It's usually it's usually the story that I'm telling in a message or something like that, or to other people. True. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, it just really felt like God made so many signs very clear that this was where we were supposed to come. Like, I I mean, it was scary, but I, we, we just had so many confirmations. So we are coming up on almost five years of living here. That feels crazy. The time has gone really fast, I think. Let's let's go back, Jeff. I, there's there are things that people probably don't know because most of the people around here know all that, but they don't Fair know enough. the uh, just ministry heart that uh, that Lauren has. So one of the things I'm curious about, uh, we've obviously we're in a situation right now where people have to we're asking people to gather in homes uh, and because we're not gathering centrally here because we're trying to give people a taste or give them real community that's going to be helpful to them. And so we kind of made the decision that most of, uh, of what people need is best met right now in homes uh, rather than being in a space where they're spread out and, and socially distant and masks and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm curious, Lauren, if you would share a little bit about your heart for hospitality and how that, uh, where that grew I'm thinking back to Colorado and before and uh, and just what what kind of help would you offer or tips would you give to people as they're thinking, okay, I want to try to open my home and invite some people in, whether it's for a meal or for to watch worship on Sunday or any of that stuff? Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm really grateful, especially now being in my adult life and looking back and seeing how my parents, they really did model hospitality and uh, they were always really welcoming and enjoyed. I, I think especially they enjoyed the entertaining side, which that was really interesting, I think, having to kind of learn as I grew the difference between entertaining and hospitality, but they were always really generous with opening up their home. So I'm grateful for that example. But when we moved, well, even before, like when we were doing ministry in Southern California, where we got to meet Robbie and Stacy, and they were some of our first couple friends, uh, I don't know, I just noticed that there is such a deeper connection that comes from gathering around a table. I was hired, I was doing, um, sorry, management for Starbucks back when Jay and I lived in California. And I think just the convergence of this idea of connection when you are sharing something that's so fundamental to life like whether that's food or you know just it releases some of those walls or brings those down it creates connection and and so that was something that I really I don't know I enjoyed I saw fruit from I saw a a deeper level of vulnerability with people and 
And so I think that has fueled my heart for it. But I think the process of learning what does it mean to be simple in hospitality and what what are the true elements that are important and valuable and not all of the fluffy things that I oftentimes get caught up in, whether that is... A clean bathroom. Uh, well, I feel like a clean bathroom is is still kind of that that feels high marks, okay. but just about everything else. Fair and point. and I know I've really put my family through a lot, having different standards. I think over the years that nobody else is expecting. And honestly, when I have felt stressed about a lot of those details that don't matter, whether it's clutter on the counters or crumbs on the floor. Uh, that actually takes away from the connection. So that has been a process for me, but I I see, and also I think when you go to somebody else's house and you realize that their house looks lived in and they're apologizing and you're so relieved that their house looks, what your house looks like on a normal day and it kind of gives permission. And so uh, oh man, this is like a random story, but it makes me so sad. I remember early in our years in Colorado and I was a young mom and we were still in our jammies in late morning and clutter was everywhere, toys everywhere. It was a mess. And we had had like a block party or something a couple days before and I'd really connected with this mom who lived in our neighborhood. And that morning she knocked on my door unexpectedly and asked if we wanted to hang out. And I was so thrown off because I wasn't polished. I, you know, had the bed hair still. The house was a mess. And I actually turned her down. And that, you know, it's been... I don't know, over a decade. And I still feel regret over the lost opportunity there and how that opportunity for a beginning of what could have been a deeper relationship and friendship, it, I think I missed that door. And I think it's painful to remember those missed chances um, and, and those times when I should have been obedient and said yes to God. And and I have consequences from that. But at the same time, I'm really grateful that he's given me eyes to see that and not want to lose those opportunities for the present and the future. It sounds like God's unique way of shaping that heart. You already had that heart, but he revealed, you know, what that what the implications of that are for you in a powerful way through that in a way that if someone else had told you or you read in a book would be not the same is that experience you just shared. Yeah, I mean, I feel like oftentimes our best lessons are in our missteps, right? And, mm -hmm. Or at least that's a gift out of the times when we... Have. Well, yeah, and I, I think we've had that clearly in our story of church planting and uh, it's just failure is a, is a key th thread through that of realizing uh, you just learn. You learn through that and you learn by by trying though and by doing those things and stepping out in faith and then sometimes sometimes you slip up i i thought about how how much simpler things have gotten for us to host over the years and and how those standards have changed uh i also think for to help people the idea of spontaneity i mean i know that some of our best ministry through hospitality has happened 
through spontaneous gatherings. And like people don't have to feel like they have to plan out. This doesn't have to be something that's planned out weeks in advance that, um, that, you know, that you can just respond to what's, what's happening in front of you. For sure. I don't know if other people feel this way, or maybe it is a unique shortcoming in myself, but I feel like the further out I have committed to something, the crummier my attitude becomes about mm. it leading up to it that started with our wedding uh, stop it engagement stop it <laughs> uh and so oh boy <laughs> while there is good and there's fun in having some of those things on the calendar i know that the the opportunities when you just say yes that god has brought something across your path it it's so fun because I feel like the expectations are minimized. And so then it it just releases you to to not feel like you have to perform or have all of the things together or perfect. You can just be pulling out the the half open bags of potato chips and random bits in the fridge rather than feeling like you have to have something all curated or yeah, that's a really good point and very encouraging to hear. I can definitely relate to that feeling. It's almost like the way you just described it, like you have to practice and warm up and get ready for the performance when it's too planned out rather than just being yourself and letting people in. Could we back up a minute, though? I, you mentioned entertainment versus hospitality. Is there a, is that a is there a quick way of summarizing that, like the difference that you've learned? Um, I, I wish that I'd thought about a good soundbite about this before, but if I'm thinking about it on the fly, I think hospitality is focused more on how others are feeling and maybe entertainment is more about how you are coming across or what, what you are presenting and entertainment can be really fun and it can be a gift and enjoyment. But at the same time, I think hospitality transcends the environment. It transcends the elements. It's it's more about the connection and making someone feel welcome and wanted and belonging. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably what I would say is the difference. I think it's a good point to say it's not it's not that entertaining is bad in every context. It's not that, at all. But it's uh but they're just different goals and hospitality is about loving someone. It's it's I mean, it's about welcoming the stranger. It's about bringing somebody in and making them feel welcome, which is why you can be hospitable at you can actually be hospitable at someone else's house and um but in your own home I I think about those differences it's kind of this is a weird analogy i don't know what you think about this but i think about a movie theater and how the film itself is meant to entertain so the actors on the screen they're not thinking hospitality at all they're just thinking entertainment they created this thing to entertain but movie theaters are so the good ones are designed for hospitality so they're not actually they're not actually doing the entertaining they're just creating the environment where you're you know feel welcome and you're feeling um, comfortable and you know and so obviously we're not a movie theater by any stretch but making people feel feel wanted 
feel welcomed and feel wanted like that you're glad that they're that they're there and that it matters that they're there that's why i think lauren's so good at um i've seen I've seen in you over the years that you are so good at making people feel like they belong where you are with you, wherever that is. So, yeah, when we lived in California, there was a family who modeled things really well for us of, you know, they just knew that or like you knew that their door was open and their pantry was available and whatever they were doing, they weren't going to necessarily make all of these arrangements of special plans but they were available and you could just kind of enfold into and were a welcomed part of whatever they were doing and it was such a a lovely experience to be young and married and in that cared for position and it was cozy like a little bird in a nest and then when our time in California came to an end and I knew that we were moving on and I was so sad about losing that cozy spot, but at the same time I knew that, oh, now it's my turn to be able to share that and try to make other people feel that way and you know maybe help uh, others be able to share that too. So I don't know, hmm. that was impactful to us. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love how it, the way you're describing hospitality, how it's, you know, so focused on the other and the other becoming basically free and able to just be themselves and at home when they're with other people. Like that is such a beautiful thing to be able to offer to other people. I mean, really imitating Jesus in that way, right? That you're welcome here and you are you and we want you to be you. This isn't about acting a certain way. It's about really belonging. And that's beautiful. That's so, one of the things, Jeff, that I, I think people also, you wouldn't, if you don't know Lauren well and haven't been a part of her ministry just over the years, that, that whole idea of just inviting someone into your rhythms is something that we've learned over the years. So when you're talking about simplicity and spontaneity, I wish I had a third S word for this. This would be amazing. It'd be the beginning of a book. Um, but the uh, the idea of just hospitality. Snacks. Snacks. That doesn't have anything to do with this. Um, but I'll see. It's like your least favorite word. Anyway, I the the idea that you don't have to then, you don't have to entertain. See, entertainment too is about you're, you're doing this thing to try to entertain someone. Whereas with hospitality, you can be just inviting them into your rhythms. Yes. And people, and I know... You know, early on when we were doing this, Lauren um, would sometimes undervalue thinking that some of the younger people in our church wouldn't want to hang out with a, a tired mom with a loud child and, you know, all that chaos. But they so eat that up. And, uh, and so you don't have to to be hospitable. You don't have to figure out what other people want to do. You can just invite them into your rhythms. If you're going to the grocery store, you can you can take somebody with you if you're going uh, to we invite all kinds of people to our kids baseball games like I've told many people hey if yeah you want to hang out I'm gonna be at the ball fields and I don't have to break away from that to go meet with them I can just invite them into our rhythms yeah I think that you know no matter how good our native family relationships are I think we all would crave more mothering or more family connection and so 
however we can try and model that or or just be experiencing that i know i i would love more mothering and so i have to assume that other people and i have a great mom my mom's wonderful and yet like we all have that space of everyone wants to feel cared for and included and however i can pass that on now to other people but your, it, your mom is wonderful she is i just want to go on record saying that yeah that your mom's wonderful especially if she's listening right now i know she's so wonderful it's now on record it's on Recorded. record let it let it be said <laughs> let it be let it be written so i'm curious with you you're talking about the food and i know jeff wanted to get around to this but um i'm I'm going to just go ahead and cut to the chase here. So you mentioned how the family in California, the Hamers, who um, just kind of opened their home to us and and, and loved us. And um, you talked about how their fridge was open. And that actually led to your first blog. So you've people don't may not know, you have had several forays into, into blogging and um, potential of reality television and all this fun stuff. And so... Do you want to tell them what your first blog was for cooking? Sure. Uh, yeah, good good intentions, good startup, always kind of maybe fall through, fall, <laughs> they fall through on the end. Um, my first blog was The Open Fridge. Really, it was myopenfridge.blogspot.com. Blogspot. And I, I know, blog spot. And actually, that's what it is again, because I let the domain myopenfridge.com die a sad death. Uh, yeah, so I had a blog and I realized that the recipes that I post on there have a very wide margin of error, which made them successful. Uh, and But it wasn't just about food. It was about hospitality. The whole yeah. point was my open fridge. And so you would tell stories about about either the dish or about things about cooking it, usually about our child at the time. Yeah, and... just <laughs> simple acts of hospitality. So there was a blog. What else do you want to know? You were starting to say I, Well, I think, I think the people would love to know that you, yeah, you auditioned for, what was the next Food Network star? Yeah, I did, uh, I did that and got a couple rounds in and then in Denver they had live auditions for Master Chef and I made it all the way through that. She actually she gave it up for us, Jeff. That sounds very romantic, it but does, really it yeah. was Wait, you're saying I'm I'm yes, me out here. I I gave it all for love. No, uh, that's, that's I don't know. <laughs> it was a practical decision. Yeah. Was... Uh, reality TV is not real when you start digging in and what? the no. sorry that we just destroyed everybody burst yeah. popped a bubble yeah and the the commitment was going to be really hefty uh, and would have taken a big toll on our family and the timing and i also didn't want to be screamed at and have things thrown in the trash but then we moved here and there was another show on the food network Oh, now I don't even remember what it was called. I don't called. remember. But you got to look to the really end of that cool. one too. That, but wait. I was, it was down between me and a hurricane victim. And they right. they went with the hurricane victim as they should have. Yeah, she lost out to that. But I'm curious, and how has that turned to? So right now we're in this pandemic. People are isolated. They're at, they're at home. Um, and then you did something. You saw an opportunity there. That's a leading question. 
Okay. Do you want to share with the nice people? Sure, I'll share with the nice people. Is he making is he making something up right now, Lauren? No, no, no. he's trying to get <laughs> me to tell about. Baby so man. right now, obviously, while we have been in all of the sheltering. Social media has definitely been a source of connection for people, and I don't remember how it started except for the fact that I feel like I love seeing a whole random group of ingredients that what can I do and what can I put that together in like a puzzle. And so I had kind of offered that, and then people sort of started to take me up on helping them think through maximizing ingredients and uh, trying to extend their pantries or cooking from their pantries. And so I started a Facebook group called Quarantine Kitchen, and it has been very sweet. There's, I don't know, a, a big chunk of members at this point who have you know, shared a recipe that really works for them or asked a question and the daily, I post daily, what did you eat for dinner? And for some reason that would get the most responses and people really loved getting to hear what other people were having and commenting on that and sharing recipes and making friendships. And I have oftentimes thought that maybe I am a friendship networker that I love seeing someone and then another person over somewhere else and trying to find a commonality and connect them and spin them out and this has been a really neat way that I I don't know I've gotten some really cool feedback that people felt like it helped them stay connected it was a source of encouragement it was a distraction everyone needs to eat Hmm. we all have to make dinner and we all have a wide range of feelings about that depending on the day. So I think it was it was a bright spot. It was so successful, Jeff, that it was featured oh, on a no. Canadian radio show. In Canada? Stop yes. it. No, okay, so here's a funny story. Um, on the exact same day. That's called a tease in the business. On the exact same day, someone else started a Facebook group called Quarantine Kitchen. I made mine closed just thinking that that way there would be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, respect or security for the people who joined. The other one was open. Mine now has like 700 members and the other one has like 30,000. But I had a chunk of members request and they were posting on mine saying, oh, I heard a lovely piece on some Canadian radio station and we just had to join. And I realized that there's this other quarantine kitchen that is is really the the giant quarantine kitchen and getting a lot of news or even more momentum. But I also realized that I love sort of the community aspect that has been forged with a few hundred people and growing slowly rather than just a giant free for all. Like I think I've seen actually real relationships and connections come, which I think while possible at a much higher volume, it, it feels it's been sweet. Wow. Well, that fits well too with what you were, what God has taught you about hospitality and what you were sharing earlier, just the mentality of, of being focused on others and belonging and connection and relationship. That's beautiful. I bet those requests were really polite though, eh? 
course. Canada. And very complimentary. And <laughs> we have learned more about Canadian cuisine through it, too. I don't know, like getting there are recipes. Some other dishes. Yeah, like Nanaimo bars. Yes. And there's something that's kind of like a gyro, and now I forget what it's called. It's apparently very popular in like Nova Scotia or a gyro. No, it's something called something else. See what I did there? Uh, like more Middle Eastern. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Anyway, it's I, been good. My kids are going to be so frustrated that I can't think of it. I know. I'll We've, look it up after. I'm sorry, kids. And there's, yeah, a few people from Montreal, so we've had You brought some shame French. to the maple leaf, Jeff. <laughs> I did. The maple leaf is wilting. So, That's Lauren, cool. is, is, there any, is there anything else you want to share as we kind of wrap up about what God is teaching you during this, during this time? Obviously, um, being stay, the whole stay-at-home thing is not as difficult for you with your incredible husband and um, the joy and entertainment that brings. Right. Um, yeah, I mean... That wasn't very enthusiastic. I don't, I don't think anybody <laughs> believed you. <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny after this whole conversation about being others-focused and how hospitable, and really I feel like some of the biggest lessons out of this time is just God revealing some of my own self-centeredness and how I, I don't know, just... I can be really selfish. And I think, you know, when we are all cooped up like this, you know, there's been a lot of times where not so pretty things have come out. And that's not what you want when you're all together and you want it to be cozy and snuggly time where it's all harmonious. But yet I feel like we've been given the gift of time to be able to deal with that. I... um I have been reading in the Bible over the last, I don't know, kind of a long time, but I've been going through my Bible consecutively. And so during this time of sheltering, I'd actually been in Isaiah and Jeremiah, and I felt like that was really interesting to me about all of the themes in those books about where God's people were finding their security and their God exposing all of these idols and how he was pointing out the futility of them. And obviously it can be pretty easy to look at that and be like, well, of course I wouldn't worship a wooden statue, but I feel like God used this time as he sort of stripped away a lot of the places where I escape or find comfort and he removed those and really brought me more face-to-face with some of those places and is exposing them and, and reminding me that he's, he's where we need to find our hope and our comfort and our security and identity. Hmm. How's that? It's fantastic. It's pretty good. That'll preach. Yeah. yeah. Lauren, was it shawarma? No. It, oh. I... I love shawarma. <laughs> That's so funny. No. Is it put- poutine? Put- Putin? Vladimir? Stop put- it. What is it? Poutine, depending yeah. on how you... Vladimir Putin. Why is poutine not more popular in Wisconsin? I don't know. Wisconsin nights like yeah. cheese curds. Cheese they curds like gravy. Good. They gravy, like, good. Yeah, potato, french fries. French fries, good. good. <laughs> this feels 
like a missed opportunity here in Wisconsin. There's a place I've in. There's one in Eau Claire and one in Appleton called Milwaukee Burger Company, and they have it, and it's fantastic. But I don't know anywhere in Marinette or Peshtigo that have it. There's an idea. We could make some. Yes. Yeah. Lauren, it's been fantastic to have you on the podcast. Jay is so much more pleasant with you here. Oh, my. That I don't know. Wonderful. I don't know what that says. Christoph's not. Oh my gosh! Am I? I was more behaved here. Yes, this has been wonderful. She just has that effect on me. She has a calming effect on me. When we were early in our ministry, when I when we were dating, people when they met her, they would all of a sudden think I was more normal. All of a sudden, anything that they were worried about with me, they were not as worried because they figured. (laughs) then I must be somewhat grounded. I may not, you know. So she definitely has that effect. That That's impact. a gift, Jay. It is. Lauren, one question I wanted to ask you that I didn't get to, and I will just quickly. What's what's your favorite thing that you have prepared food-wise lately? Do you have something that you've really enjoyed? Um, We've been doing a lot of Vietnamese food because mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to come by around here, and it's my favorite, so... Especially now that it's grilling season, I like to marinate meat and I don't know. That's, that's, yeah, I like Vietnamese food. I like grilling, actually. Sounds so good. I think I've smelled some of Jay's leftover lunches of that and it has smelled fantastic. Yeah, the caramel pork was, mm-hmm. was so good. And then, and that was good for last night. Last night was spontaneous hospitality because Jeff Bauer, not Klossy, was over helping me. With a couple of things and he and was there around dinner time and if you're at our house around dinner time then there is a decent chance that lauren is going to ask you to stay this feels like if you give a mouse a cookie <laughs> if you help jay around dinner time you'll be asked to stay if you're asked to stay you will want to if you want to then you'll eat a delicious meal and last night it was vietnamese noodle uh, yeah like rice noodle mm. and, and our so- daughter was pretty much sitting right up in jeff mix yeah. <laughs> like right cozied up next yeah. to him which... well and wanting to show all the things and how you build the bowl and all the all the stuff so personal space more... is not our children's forte no social distancing <laughs> does not work in the williams household my children are in our bubble all the time so that's just the way it goes that's what when people say how did you live in 300 square feet for so long and i say that our children always exist in within 300 square feet of us at all times <laughs> There's never, we, we could be at Disney World and they will be right next to us. So it's a lovely thing. So anyway, well, I think that's it. I think this, I, I would I would say this may have been the best podcast. Certainly the best guest. Certainly my favorite guest. So. Jay, who was your favorite guest that we had? That should have been my question. Yeah, but you didn't jump on that. I was trying I'm to, sorry. you know. So I just volunteered it. So okay. I would say I would say that this guest was the was my favorite so far and could only be eclipsed if my mother-in-law joined the podcast. So that that's what I would say. For the record. But um that's it. So I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that it's encouraged you all to uh, to to practice hospitality. You do not have to don't have to be a great cook. You don't have to have anything together. You just need to be able to make people feel welcome and wanted and uh, that is hospitality, and that's how our God welcomes us. So, um, so we encourage you all to do that, 
and we will see you or actually talk to you next time. Bye.